Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I encourage you to turn your attention to our second lesson, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll be focusing on what Paul says there and reminds us that like him, it's only by the grace of God that we are what we are. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. David, the Apostle Paul, Noah, even the great Abraham. All people we consider great heroes of faith. And yet, they all had their faults, their sins. God, in his word, doesn't hide those faults and sins from us. He lets, them, lets us see them. And that enables us to more easily identify with them and be able to say with Apostle Paul, it's only by the grace of God I am what I am. What was Paul? By his own admission, he says he was a persecutor of the church of God. He was a sinner. He could have been that Pharisee of the Pharisees that Jesus was talking about in his parable that prayed in the temple about himself and looked down at everyone else as beneath him. He had been circumcised on the eighth day according to the law. He says of himself that he was extremely zealous for Jewish traditions, advancing in Judaism beyond people of his own age, so much so that he was even allowed to be chosen to be a disciple, a student of the great teacher Gamaliel. Because he was so zealous for the Jewish traditions, he was convinced in his heart that Jesus was a fake. He was a false teacher. He hadn't risen from the dead. His disciples had stolen his body. And so he led a persecution against anyone who taught or even confessed that Jesus was the promised Messiah and that he had risen from the dead. He was convinced that he was serving God, that he was doing God's will, that he was being zealous for the Lord when he had Christians arrested, when he confiscated their property, and even when he presided over their execution. What was Paul? Persecutor of Christians. A sinner, outwardly speaking, humanly speaking, a greater sinner than any of the other apostles. What are we? Like David, like Paul, like the Pharisee in the temple, like the tax collector in the temple, we too are sinners. Like King David, there have been times when we've lusted, there have been times when we've tried to cover up our sin and hide it from others. Like the Pharisee in the temple, there have been times when we've looked down on everyone else thinking that we were better than they like the tax collector in the temple, there have probably been times in our life when we've cheated, maybe in school, maybe on our taxes, maybe in other ways. Like the Apostle Paul, there have been times when we were convinced that we were being zealous for the Lord and upholding his word when, in actual fact, what we were doing is being unloving and judgmental, being blinded by our likes and our traditions. Like the Apostle Paul, 
We are sinners. Because of his sins, Paul realized that any good thing that he had done was no better than garbage, stinking garbage in the sight of God. Because of his sins, he realized that God should just strike him down dead on the spot and send him off to an eternity of suffering in hell. You need a Nathan to come to you and make it clear to you that that's true of you too? Do you need a bright light, a lightning bolt from heaven to knock you off your high horse? Whatever it is, we all need someone or something in our life that gets our attention, that makes us listen to what God's law has to say to us. Realize that we're sinners who don't deserve anything from God but his wrath and punishment. By the grace of God, Paul was what he was, a sinner who at the same time was also a redeemed child of God, an heir of eternal life. The brightness of the presence of Jesus that appeared to him did knock him off his horse, and it did make him physically blind for a while. But that made him realize that he had been dead wrong about Jesus. Jesus wasn't a false preacher. Jesus' body wasn't stolen by the disciples and hidden somewhere. He actually did rise from the dead. He was in glory speaking to him from heaven. That proved that he was who he claimed to be. He was the promised Messiah. He was the Savior. Although Jesus made it clear to him when he appeared to him that what Paul was doing in persecuting Christians was really persecuting Jesus himself, in grace, Jesus didn't destroy him. In grace, he sent a man named Ananias to restore Paul's sight. More important than restoring his physical sight. It was through Ananias that Paul received the gift of baptism, the assurance from God that his sins really were all washed away, forgiven by Jesus. The assurance that he was a dear child of God, an heir of eternal life. He realized that baptism had that kind of power because it had the promise of the resurrected Christ attached to it. What a blessing it is for us when we recognize our sin and humbly bow our heads like that tax collector in the temple and throw ourselves in God's mercy and pray, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What a blessing that we experience also God's grace. What a blessing it is when he sends us a Nathan, or an Ananias, a fellow Christian who brings us the gospel and the word and sacrament and assures us that our sins have been washed away. That as we remember our baptism, we're assured that we are adopted into God's family, dear children of God, heirs with Jesus of eternal life. What a blessing that we can leave this building and go back to our homes know that we've been justified, declared not guilty of our sins, not because of what we have done, but only because of what God has done for us in Jesus. Like Paul, 
We admit that we are the least, that we are a chief of sinners. We admit that we don't deserve to be called a child of God, but by the grace of God, we are what we are, dear children of God. By grace alone, God chose us to be his children even before we were born. By grace, in time, he sent his one and only son to live under God's law and to die under God's wrath in our place. By grace, he's redeemed us. Jesus paid the price to buy us back from sin, death, and the devil. By grace, he called us through the gospel believe that Jesus is our Savior. He worked faith in our hearts. That's a gift of God, too. By grace, he declares us justified, not guilty of our sin. To believe that there is no condemnation waiting for us. By grace, he sent the Holy Spirit in our heart, not only to believe in Jesus as our Savior, to continue to sanctify us, continue to cause us to grow in our faith and to hold on to that faith no matter what and enable us, empower us to serve God and to serve our neighbor. Paul says that God's amazing grace was not ineffective because of all that God had done for him, he devoted himself to serving the Lord. He was determined to do everything that he could to reach as many people as possible with the good news of the gospel. He was willing to give up things that he liked, things that were part of his culture, part of his tradition, food that he liked. He was willing to take anything that other people liked and put it above his own likes if only he could have the opportunity to proclaim to them what he had proclaimed to the Corinthians that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that Jesus is indeed the promised Messiah, the only way that we can have forgiveness and eternal life. Because of what Jesus did for him, he was enabled to endure all kinds of troubles and persecutions for the sake of the gospel. Like Paul... You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. By the grace of God, you have forgiveness of all your sins right now. By the grace of God, you have a peace that passes understanding right now. By the grace of God, through faith in Jesus, you have a joy that's there even in the midst of unhappy times and trials and troubles. And by the grace of God, you have even more unimaginable treasures already there waiting for you in heaven. May God's grace not be ineffective in your life. Let's God's grace move you to do all that you can to declare his praises do all you can to put the likes and desires of others ahead of yourself, if only it means that you can share with them the good news of the gospel. Peter says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and the goodness, knowledge, 
and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we recognize God's amazing grace to us, may we, like the Apostle Paul, be driven to use whatever gifts God has given us to serve him and to serve our neighbor in love. And if someone notices what we're doing, may we also be like the Apostle Paul and make clear to ourselves and to them it's not me. It's the grace of God that's with me, that's working in me and through me, that does anything that's good. By the grace of God, we are what we are. Sinners, redeemed by Jesus, the crucified and risen Christ. Called by the gospel to be God's dear children, who are devoted to serving him and our neighbor in a way which brings him all the glory. Please stand.